When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host as always and it's our monthly, every so often, Three Musketeers pod. Um, although we are sans one musketeer, which I will explain in a minute. But I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend, uh, also of Heart and Hand, the Rangers Review and of course, Four Lads Had a Dream blog, Stevie Clifford. David, how are you? I hope everybody is well on this quite beautiful Monday afternoon. It's not really beautiful. It's a bit cold and wet, but it could be anything really, given how we're all feeling. Correct. Uh, I don't know anyone, incidentally, folks, who loves Christmas more than Stevie, and I'm not kidding about that. He would put his decorations up in June if he could. And uh, Christmas came a week early for you this time, son. It certainly did, David. Um, You know, we'll get into this, but, you know, if you had asked me just, you know, 65 days ago, we would be sitting here on the appointment of Philippe Clement, I would have told you to, to behave yourself. So the turnaround has been exceptional. We've got every right to be sitting here feeling rather pleased with herself on this this quite lovely Monday. Yeah, well, CJ was scheduled to be with us, folks. He sends his apologies. He's had a bit of a, uh, a house disaster and he's got uh, the workmen in. So unfortunately, it's a bit too noisy for him to record. But he did send us this. So it does technically count as uh, as the three of us. So we'll just uh, stick this in and hear from CJ. Apologies, I can't be there today, gentlemen. Miss you all. Hello to the audience that's currently listening. I've just got one thing to say and one thing only. Fucking yes! I think he's a bit happy. Yeah, and to be fair, he has a, a legitimate reason for not being here. Yes. Um, so he's having a bit of a, a nightmare with his house, so... Uh, we hope that he gets all that sorted, and it was it was nice to hear from him. I think his message probably sums up how we're all feeling today. I think there was a few people that went into their work offices and and done that this morning. I know that I had a a, a few targeted audience, David, who back <laughs> in, but were telling me that this was over and this was done, and and uh, our team was this, that, and everything else. And um, there was a few nice little picture messages sent last night with um, our manager in the trophy. So. It's, it's been a nice, uh, it's been a nice 
12 hours, shall we say. Oh, most certainly has. So, Stevie, you know, we'll look at the game um, in bits, but I, I'm a great believer in finals. It's actually not really about the match. Um, it's about the result. That's all that matters, and we will come to that later. But uh, yesterday, even if it was unfair, and it was because he's only been there nine weeks, there was pressure on Philippe Clement. There was pressure on him before the semi-final at, at Hamden against Harps. That we all know the realities of life in Scotland. As soon as Celtic were out, we have to win the trophy. That's the law, right? And vice versa, by the way. But particularly um, given a lack of recent success, it was like, right, we need to go and win this. So the pressure increases in a way because the expectation level among the fans shoots right up and it's high anyway. We had Hearts and Aberdeen traditionally, you know, the third and fourth best sides in the country. Um, dispatched Hearts without much bother and came into the final yesterday against an Aberdeen team full of confidence. You know, great win for them the other night and they had good results against us um, a few times this season. So I think that there was definitely a sense from Aberdeen that, that you know, not only could they win it, but they actually really fancied themselves to go and do so. That had kind of done, I think, for Beal the inability to win a big game. And when faith in a manager goes and it has gone, then I don't think there's a way back. So for Philippe Clement, even though it's just one game nine weeks into his tenure, to win that was going to tell us something. Uh, I'll put it another way. We were going to take something from it, whether that was fair or not. We were going to decide yesterday or it was going to be a wee knowing hmm, is he another one that just can't cross the line when it matters no he isn't he's somebody who can and he's proven that he's proven it twice in a week uh as he mentioned himself yesterday too if you like all or nothing games um that he won and he he speaks about the, the league being a, a marathon not a sprint but cups being a sprint and, and he's right but it was absolutely huge because we've taken to Philippe Clement I think you can see he's a good manager the impact he's made. And it's it's not simply about what he's doing with the team, although that's that's huge, where he's clearly introduced structure and belief and whatnot. But I'm a great believer, Stevie, that on top of being a good coach, I think Rangers need a leader. I think the dressing room needs somebody who's a leader. I think the club need a face of the club. I, I think Rangers managers have to be strong um, rather than maybe just being dynamite coaches. I think that you need character and your character therefore rubs off on the side. And I think Philippe Clement has that. Yeah, well, to be fair, David, <clears throat> you've consistently said that. And when we were looking for a new manager, that was always what you said when you know the, the three of us were discussing it. You would always say that any successful manager you had, we have had in this in, in our period in our lifetime has always had a bit of stature. Whether it's been Sunis, whether it's been Smith, whether it's been Alex McLeish, whether it's been Dick Advoca and Stephen Gerrard, they've all had something. And it's undoubted, I think, that you need that. I think leadership, and not only leadership, you need that kind of gravitas behind you or or that self belief. And what I like about Philippe Clement, David, since he's come in, is his message has been consistent. There hasn't been any dubiety about what he's been doing. There hasn't been any cause for any of the support to say, this guy talks too much or this guy says too much. Or, you know, and in all honesty, if previous managers had come in and delivered, then it wouldn't have mattered what they said at the press conference. Nobody would have cared. But his message has been very short. It's been very direct. 
and it's been very um, it's, it's been the same message consistent, that's the word I'm looking for again it's been that since the very, very start and that's obviously translated over to the players you know, we say he won two games this week, but in reality for Rangers in a situation he's been in he actually won three huge games because how many times have we played before um, our rivals and, and not won games and given them an easy opportunity, so I think he's had a, a massive week and, and the players have really responded. And David, in all honesty, if we are completely honest, we need to be after Cyprus and, and the situation he inherited, it was a bit of a pinfire. And, you know, the players were at their lowest ebb. You know, we, I think we were quite rightfully would have or happily would have shifted out all of them at that point in time. And we had just had enough. So the very big point you make is absolutely crucial and it's correct. If he hadn't won that game, we would all be sitting here today going, well, it's the same old story with this squad. It's the same old story with this manager. Talks a good game, but in the end, he's not been able to get over the line. Rightly or wrongly, and probably unfair on Philip Clement, considering, but he's managed to do it. And and yeah, listen, I think we'll come to this. But the, the quality of the game wasn't great. I still thought we played pretty well during it, especially considering how they played against us, which I'm Hopefully, we'll highlight soon. But the most important thing yesterday was winning. And to get in a situation where we'd seen all this game play out before, waiting for that sucker punch type moment, it didn't come. And we were very resolute, very well organised. And, and and every single one of them stood up to be counted. And considering what we've had before, I think that's a tremendous um, reflection on what Philip Clement and his management team have, have brought in such a short space of time. Yeah, well, we'll just deal with this. I've seen some things, uh, I'm sure the listeners have as well, of, well, it was, it was a terrible game. It wasn't a good final. <clears throat> well, listen, a few things on this. Firstly, if you want a great game, then scheduling it for just before the winter break, a break that has been brought in because players are very tired at this stage of the season, well, clearly then you're not going to get them at their fittest and sharpest. Secondly, scheduling it for two days after uh, the... The, the end of the European games is likely to lead to a situation which we saw this week, which was two sides of plays on Thursday. And thirdly, if you're going to play it the week before Christmas when the weather is gen- generally horrendous, I, on a pitch, by the way, that is dire, you know, as soon as it rains, that pitch just completely bogs up. Um, and we saw that again yesterday. You're unlikely to get a scintillating classic. And I'm a great believer, though, that finals aren't for the neutral Finals belong to the two sides who've reached them. And then it comes down to one will leave really delighted, one will leave really devastated. That's what finals are about. If Aberdeen had hung on, playing the way they were playing, which was spoil the game, tactical fouling, hit long balls, try and work on the second ball, if they'd managed to nick a goal or if they'd held on and won in penalties, they wouldn't give a toss, right? Nobody would. Uh, in much the same way that we don't. But I actually take a wee bit more comfort out of it, Stevie, that this wasn't easy. And Rangers didn't go in and it was one of those days where 11 players were at their very best and we were just scintillating or Aberdeen had a man sent off and Rangers just dominated. It was a day where you had to grit, you had to stick at it, you had to keep at it, not panic. And we've seen Rangers teams in the past after maybe an hour, 70 minutes of a game like that start to go, is this not going to be our day? And they didn't do that yesterday at all. They just kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. And then at the end, when Aberdeen were launching high balls into the box, which can be tricky in this kind of weather, you know, a ball drops to somebody, 
you know, it skates off somebody's head. All of these things can happen to you. Alec Rangers stood up to it really well. And the fact is, Jack Butland has not had to make a save. He's had to come out and clear a few things, which he did brilliantly. And in that sense of security that he's brought, we've talked about often enough and will continue to do because it's, it's made such a huge difference. But I agree with you. If you look at the chances in that football match yesterday, if you look at whose goalkeeper um, had, had to do a lot more, Rangers deserve to win that match. Yeah, I think undoubtedly. I think they were particularly strong in the second half. And I agree with you as well. You know, I'm not sure that, that you can properly critique that performance yesterday considering the efforts of Thursday night and, and everything else. I think when you look at it as a whole, I'm more pleased like you that they did actually stand up and be counted because that's such a difference from what we've seen in the past. You want to see that heart, that spirit, that desire that, the, that they maybe haven't shown and certainly didn't show in, in Cyprus before the manager came in. So to have that in abundance, I think, because you look at the blocks and Aberdeen rightly didn't, as you said, rightly didn't create an opportunity, but there was a lot of good defending by Rangers. Conor Goldson and Leon Balgan won a lot of duels in the air. They won, they covered particularly well, knowing what was coming from Pataudry. They got that right where one would cover and, and, and it was Man v man at times at the back, and they marshaled it very, very well. A lot of blocks in there as well. People putting themselves on the line. John Lundstrom and, and Dujon Sterling done a, a power of work. And when you get that dirty side of it that perhaps we don't always appreciate, then realistically the quality should shine through. And I thought that the second half from 60 minutes onwards, I thought that we, we dominated. If you think about McCausland's opportunity, and then Balogun had one that he put kind of high and wide. They had the two free kicks. That goal was coming, David, and we didn't yeah, really... And you don't maybe sitting there at the time, as a fan, you don't really appreciate it as such because it's the nerves of when we're going to score, are we going to score? But in reality, when you watch that game, um, and I watched it this morning, there was only one team in it, and Aberdeen's game plan was simply long ball, try and catch them out with a very... Like, the whole midfield was completely missed. We didn't... They didn't, and I'm very surprised at this, try and utilise the kind of quality. I think that the boy Clarkson's got uh, got something, and I thought they would try and play through him. They didn't. They just Their, their route was forward, was Devlin, long ball forward all the time, and that makes it really difficult for us, uh, a very kind of spoiling tactic to play against. But I thought we did really well. And if you consider they've got a big back line and, and everything, we, we battled well. Scott Wright coming on. Gave us a wet, a little bit more width, and within two minutes we kind of capitalised on that because Tavernier was able to attack the back post. So that was a small kind of tweak, and I'm not saying Scott Wright come on and had a great game, but it was a, a tactical tweak that the manager was able to do, and I just think that that extra width, kind of, and, and that ability to allow Tav to go and do that because he'd been central a lot of the times before, David, almost underlapping. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I think that that can open things up as well. So... In terms of the game and how it went, the only criticism I've got, and and this has been ultra, ultra picky, and it was the same the other night, I don't think we managed the last five minutes very well in Betis, and I don't think we did yesterday. 
there was a couple of times where we kind of panicked and just launched the ball clear yesterday when we probably had a break on when it came to Lammers and Seamers. They were just kind of hacking it forward. A wee bit more composure, but it's completely understandable considering what we were the on magnitude. the view and, and, and the magnitude of it all. So if I'm being really picky, that would be the only thing to say, but I'm not willing to be that, you know. But you're not being picky, so you don't care. No. <laughs> it's just a small kind of thing. But otherwise, David, you know, I'm not going to say I was impressed with us because I've seen us play a lot, lot better, but I'm quietly content with how we went about it yesterday. I've seen us play a lot worse and not win games and or a lot worse and win games. And, and I thought yesterday, all considering what they'd been through this last week, as you said, the pitch, the players' comment that was very boggy and stuff like that, I thought we were well worthy of this victory. And, and it'll probably be missed on it all because it was a very difficult game to play in. But Rangers are well worthy of that yesterday. And I'm really pleased with with the fact that they kept going and digging in. And, and your point is is absolutely spot on. I don't think we win that game nine, ten weeks ago. So no, we don't. No, we don't. The, the strides that we've taken under this manager has been, quite frankly, remarkable. Scott Wright did something yesterday, by the way, that I absolutely loved. Um, and it was actually came from a bit of a bad play by him where uh, Duke did him for pace, which can happen. Um, but Scott Wright just immediately hauled him back and took the booking. And I thought, yes, <laughs> that's what you do, right? Um, you, you do that because there's seconds to go in a cup final. You take the booking and defend it. And that's what Rangers did. And you've got a goalkeeper that you've got faith in to come and deal with it, which he did. Um and and yeah, just that wee thing. I, I I like that. But you're right. You know, Wright came on and and then he would go inside a bit, which cleared the space for Tav. Um, and it, it worked well. That was obviously the plan. Ross McCausland would do seventy minutes. Wright would come on at the end, and and he also adds a wee bit of defensive off the ball stability. Right, and I think that was important in, in those latter stages. But you're right. Everybody who played yesterday played a part in it, and I want to go through some of the players. Um, and we'll start off with uh, Dujon Sterling, who was my man of the match. And the reason for that is, a week ago, Jose Cifuentes got sent off. And we're already, you know, Cifuentes is only playing because he's the last available midfielder um, because of, of the injuries. And he, that's him ruled out. So what are we going to do? And he has to come on against Dundee when we're down to 10 men. And I thought he was very good. And then he has to come on in Spain the other night. I thought he was terrific in these 45 minutes. And then yesterday he has to play in a cup final of difficult circumstances in what he was not signed. That was not his position he was signed for. I thought he was brilliant. He was athletic. His passing was good. He was strong in the tackle. Um, And I just thought, you mentioned something at the start there. Aberdeen's best hope yesterday was to, I think, look at it and say, they'll be tired. They played 60 hours ago. Let's get Shinny and Clarkson on the ball in the midfield, dominate the midfield, take it away from them, make them run, make them work. The fact that they didn't um, meant that our boys dominated that middle of the park. Whenever they broke, these two were able to just go. Him and, and John Lundstrom was also very good. Were able to just go and be destroyers and set us on our way and be attacking. And I thought that Sterling was absolutely fantastic. And I compared them to Bassi, and, and not that they're you know, the, the same type of players, but more that somebody who... When they initially appeared, you weren't that impressed with. I think people had mentioned the game against Morton. And they were all rotten, to be fair, but um, he, he just didn't know, look like he knew what he was doing. Common complaint at that point of the season, I don't think entirely done to the players. But to come in 
and play like that in such massive, massive games and deliver the type of performance that he did. Um, and you just think, wow, we might have stumbled into something here out of necessity that could put... Because right now, Stevie, I ain't dropping him for a returning Jack or Rasner or whatever. I think they need to earn that shot back based on what we're watching. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally fair. The, the, I'd argue with, um, with Calvin Bass, he's interesting. And I think it's because, David, he's very athletic and he has that kind of power and, and pace about him where he can cover and he can he, he charges about a lot and he presses a lot, which I really like. And the thing is, we were brought up with midfielders like Stuart McCall, Ian Ferguson, who in that engine room never stopped for 90 minutes. And I get the feeling with this young lad, he's a bit like that. He's got an engine on him and he was so quietly effective. And again, I noticed this in the second half. I said it yesterday. As the game became long, he covered really well, but he wasn't on the ball a lot. And there was Lundstrom because of the way that Aberdeen chose to play with, with what I spoke about before, that one direct pass. It was stretched quite a lot. So when he did get on the ball, his positioning was very good. And I was a wee bit... I thought last week against Dundee that there was times where I thought maybe it's getting away from him positionally-wise, but I think that was more to do with me feeling a wee bit insecure as well about being down to 10 men and um, him not being a a, a central midfielder. I was maybe overthinking it a wee bit because when you watched it back, he was absolutely fine. And David, the point you make about unearthing this and, and kind of finding this gem is it could turn out to be absolutely true. And I'm the same as you. I mean... The players need to earn it, and he has earned it. It's all about attitude as well, and I think he's shown it in abundance. And, you know, there's a few others in that team we, we can and hopefully will mention, but when you get given the opportunity, you stand up and, and you take it. And he stood up and, and done that superbly. So it's, it's maybe not been... I, I think, you know, if you'd asked us all nine, ten weeks ago, do John Sterling and John Lundstrom as central midfielders going to, to Betis and then a cup final or, or coming on in these games... We would have laughed and said, Stevie, you really do talk some amount of nonsense. And I wouldn't have disagreed. But if you look at it now, I'm with you. I don't think you're taking him out for Wednesday night. No. Nope. I certainly don't think it's Saturday. I, incidentally, I saw Jose Cifuentes up by the media section yesterday and he limped down those stairs. So I don't think he's, although he's suspended Wednesday, I don't think he'll be back anytime soon either, which kind of, you know, is on par with where we are. Yeah. But um, I thought he was great. Does the dirty side of it a lot. And um, like Bassey, that's kind of athletic, um, powerful running style that he's got. I think they two are, are, I can see the similarities in them, even if they're not remotely the same type of player. One's a left back, one's a right back and, you know, different foot, etc., etc. But um, he certainly seems to have it all on his shoulders. That interview yesterday with TNT Sports, I thought he was very humble. You know, he didn't know what to say. Um, He just talked so well, but... You know, for all these guys coming in, that's their first big taste of, of what this club's yeah. really like and what we should be doing and what we should be delivering. So I've said this before, David, and it's probably where I want to end the podcast, but Silverware does funny things to players. So, you know, they've got a taste for it now and so is he and hopefully continue to, to develop and kick on. But I agree with you, he completely took his um his his opportunity. Man of the match, yeah, I mean I think that's completely fair as well. I would be saying that Lunny has, has got a real shout into that as well. I think Yeah, and Lunny great. deserves praise for helping oh, he through does. these two matches. Yeah, he does. He's, a he's senior guy just a few times I saw him you know, we positional things, which obviously given that he doesn't play regularly, 
will be the weak area, as you mentioned last week against Dundee. I thought that John Lundstrom was brilliant for just taking him aside and saying, be there. When he does this, you go there. And credit to the boy as well, quick learner, because he would then go and do it. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. I think one he's got that, isn't he? He's an experienced pro, and he's been he's been great. If you look back, and I know that this has been a reference point so many times in this conversation already, but if you look back at Cyprus in that second goal, he lost out to Limassol, and he gave the ball away in the right wing, and then gets passed so easily. He looks like he was towing a caravan. He looked unfit. He looked completely out of shape, and he looked like he'd down tools a wee bit, like probably everybody else at that point, and his uplift. He's playing like the Thursday night John Lundstrom on the way to that European final, David. And he's doing that week in, week out. He's now, we we spoke about this under Geo at the start of Geo's first proper season. And we said that John Lundstrom's now in a position where you can count on him to be an 8 out of 10 every week and dominate and dictate games. And then he fell off a cliff completely. He's now getting back to those kind of standards. And I think it helps with the fact, I don't think he's a six. I think he's more a box-to-box. I think he works really well is is trying to move it quickly because when he moves it slow, I think he is very slow. Mm. When he when he tries he to... Team it, doing it, but that's a confidence yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but that's... also I think when you've got runners around you like he's got now, I think yeah, that works. I, I think I agree. When you see Lundstrom dropping in between the two centre-backs for you know, 60 70% of a game, then you know he's not confident. I'm not talking about when he's playing back there in a three, but I'm talking about you know when he's doing it to take the ball off them and then just passing it to where the six should be. When he's taking the ball off them there and turning with it and quickly putting it to these runners, as you say, he, yeah, he's you know that's the Lunny we love. Uh, and since Philippe Clement, some players just love some managers and some managers just love some players. And I think that we can clearly say that's that's one of these situations that's going on at the moment. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The two centre-backs, as you mentioned there, um, got done at Pataudry. Not not just once, incidentally, with that you know, long ball, the runner. Aberdeen tried to recreate it yesterday with um, Sokla playing um, just off Miovsky. And that was a tactic, right, that they were going to try. They were going to try that. And who can blame them when it had been so successful for them at Pataudry? But Rangers were ready for it. And I thought that Goldson and Balogun, they had their angles right. They had their who is responsible for what right. They had, when I go and attack, you sweep and vice versa. And I just thought it was proper centre-back performances. I thought Balogun was excellent. And he's surely surely going to score soon. Joe, I think you've, you've summed it up perfectly. I think when you consider, again, if you'd looked back 10 weeks or so ago and said, would Leon Balogun be first choice and would he have revolutionised this kind of central defence, you would have said no. But Balogun's been there, done it. You know, he won 55 and was a huge part of it every week or every time he played. He did obviously switch with Hollander quite a bit. He's not had that luxury as such, but he was fresh from not playing on Thursday. And I think that I think that Balogun and Goldson have got that partnership already. And the big thing was, tactically, you've summed it up perfectly. I don't need to kind of go over the points because I completely agree with you. They were strong and 
And 1v1 marking like that, you have to be on point of, of who's going to do what. So give the management and the centre-backs a lot of praise for that because whatever the issue was at Pataudry, they fixed it. And and that was the one thing they played for yesterday, David. The long, direct ball or the diagonal flip down. Every time it went to Devlin at right back, he done that. And, and it never worked for them once. They never got an opportunity. Uh, in fact, Mayovsky and, and Sokler never got away from either of them at, at all. So I thought they were very, very good. They put themselves on the line as well. So Steve, yeah. Do you think, just as an aside, by the way, I got the impression that Aberdeen did that that thing that you that seems to happen at every cup final. One key player carrying an injury plays and he isn't fit. I thought that was Mayovsky yesterday. Yeah, I don't think he looked particularly on it, but I think he was always going to play. But again, I put that down to the fact that, that we we marshaled that situation so well, and we did. We, That's fair. We, we had them both under control, and you know we can't ever say that there was a point where either of them got away from their man because they did it. The most dangerous moment Aberdeen had was Devlin, 50-odd minutes, when he put that ball across the face of goal, yeah. and it kind of skips past everybody. But even then, realistically, you know, it's a ball across the face of goal, which is going to happen in any game. We can't be naive enough to think that no team is ever going to get near our box. But when you consider the overall picture, the bigger picture, Mayowski never had a sniff, neither did Sokla. Um, when Duke came on, he is, is dangerous, I think. I'm, I'm troubled, of, not troubled, I'm surprised that he's not playing weekly for them because I think he's a good player and he certainly seems to cause us issues with his running power as he's seen with Scott Wright. And, and he, he didn't have much either. So I think we handled the whole situation really well, considering that they are a difficult Route 1 team to play against. And they don't try and play football, David. There's a lot of fouling. There's a lot of long, aggressive passes. And that can be difficult to combat. But we handled it pretty well. And the more the game went on, which is testament, I think, to what's going on as well, the fitter we looked and the better we got, considering that they went through a massive 100 minutes on Thursday night, Cantwell, for example, the Travel. 15, 20 minutes before he went off, he really started to create and demand the ball. And he started to free himself. Because I thought he was playing the occasion too much in the first half. Stop arguing with Shinny and getting involved and reacting to the the, the kicks that he was getting. And he was getting kicks, but teams don't do that to him because his mind goes a wee bit. Play the game. And when he started playing the game, he controlled it and he was really influencing what we were doing. So I like that part of it. And obviously he maybe fitness-wise, Lammers when he came on was probably the thing I would have done at the same time as well, to be honest. But um, it all stems from the back line. I thought they were very good. And of course, the skipper. James Tavernier's time at Rangers is, is an epic. It's a Hollywood movie. It's got everything, highs, lows, and everything in between. But if there was one player, I think, that... I would have liked to have got the winner yesterday. It was him. Um, so often, this is what he does. He steps up and he delivers. And look, there's been times in the past that I've been critical of him. There's plenty of times the past fans have been critical of him. It's a meme, isn't it? You know, FFS Tav. Uh, it's become uh, a meme over the years. But his contribution is massive. It really is huge. And he keeps coming back. Even at times where you think... Or is this his legs going this year? Or is that finally it? He just keeps coming back. He just keeps delivering. Um, he's a talisman. You know, the, the the rest of the players speak about it, that he's just always going to be the guy who'll pop up when we need him so often. He does it time after time. And I think that, you know, from... Yeah, I, 
I think sometimes when we're critical of Tav, and by we I mean the whole support, it's because we know what he's capable of. And you always kind of, you know, lash out at the ones you love, don't you, when you're angry? It's always your nearest and dearest that get it. Um, and it's the case with Tav, I think, in this instance, um, that, that he'll get more criticism than maybe certain others. But I don't think it deflects from the fact that Rangers fans absolutely adore the guy. And it's because every single time where you think, right, maybe that's it. No, he just comes back. His performance against Hearts, his goal yesterday, he played the decisive factor in Rangers winning the League Cup this season. Absolutely, David. Um, um, you know, in the last couple of days, David, on social media, on Thursday night, we were attacked for not criticising James Tavernier's performance in the first half and blaming him for the goals. I wasn't sure that he was at any point to blame for the goals, but fine. The usual kind of, you know, you don't criticise him, etc. And then yesterday, we were criticised because he scored and it was a get it up, you, you criticise him too much. So, <laughs> From a social media point of view, I'm not sure that we can really win. But what I would say is, I don't think we're any different to any supporters anywhere. All over Scotland, who at the start of this season thought that James Tavernier wasn't playing very well. And I don't think he was. I think at the home game against Celtic, he looked particularly leggy. Um, Todd Cantwell had to cover back at right back quite a lot. And that was a huge talking point of that game. And I know that the tactics and everything else was a mess. I get that. But he's really came on in the last three, four weeks. And and yes, he's, he scores a lot of penalties in there, vital penalties, absolutely. But it's his, his, he's got better defensively. I don't think we can sit and look at it and say that he's, he's getting got at as much as he was. So all credit to him for that. But like you, dude, if there'd be one player to choose from yesterday, it's James Tavernier. And the funny thing about it is, it's probably because we know that the levels he can get to that we are so hard on him. And we are hard on him. I'm hard on James Tavernier, and I have been hard on him. I said after Cyprus that he is part of the failing of the squad. And I still think, to slightly, I, I think the players were really fortunate that night that we were looking for a new manager. And, and they didn't, fans didn't really look into that result in the performance because, quite frankly, it was ridiculous from all of them. But to now be in a position, you know, nine, ten weeks later, to be in this position is all credit to them. And Antav has shown the, the kind of mental side of it that we all doubted, I certainly did, that he deserves a moment like yesterday. And it was funny when we went through, the the, the players went through the walkthrough. I put this on, on social media last night and Cora Goldson, the wee snippet, David, that people can hear on Heart and Hand as well. The James Tavernier stopped. Oh, I'll tell you what, we'll just play it now. Conor Goldson, congratulations for your play cup winners. How does that feel? No, it's a great achievement. Um, I've just said in the interview before that this football club will be here a long time before we're here and a long time after, but you add number to the history of the board. The numbers that are on there already to keep adding numbers um, makes you makes you happy and it makes you part of the history of an establishment, an institution that will be here for a long time. Personally, for you, how does that feel to get the first one on the board? The team have really galvanised themselves in the last 10 weeks and you've had a massive moment during the week and then produced another huge moment today. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been an amazing week. Um, weeks that you cherish at this football club. Um, you've seen the support in Betis in Seville in the week and the support again today, they came in the numbers and we're happy to make them happy. I'm sure now when we go back to Ibrox, there'll be fans waiting for us and 
as I said before, I said to the new boys at the start of the season that uh, this can be the hardest place to play. Don't get me wrong, when I've been through everything, if you lose here, it's, it's a very hard place to play, but when you win here, it's the best place to play. Um, you, don't get, you don't get this at any other club. The, the highs at this football club are huge. I think finally all the things to say, Connor, is congratulations. Make sure you go and enjoy tonight and then we get ready and go again. No, we will. We'll go back to Ibrox now. We'll be with our families and celebrate together. And then we've got another massive game on Wednesday that we have to get ready for. Congratulations, Connor. Thank you. So the, The players all stopped. And the players don't take it personally. James Tavernier stopped, embraced. We had a massive cuddle. Well done, Skip. Love you. Go and enjoy your night. You deserve it. And laughed, smile. See you Wednesday. There's no bitterness there. The players know that we come from a place of, you know... The players know we're Rangers fans and Rangers fans are mental. Yeah, I, I think... Do you hear Leon Balligan's TNT interview? He actually says that. The, um, I think he said something like unhinged. And he's, well, he's, we are. Well, of course he is. And I say this in a laugh and joke about you get 10 minutes at Ibrox to impress. Yeah. You know, and you do. And I think that Philip Clermont is, is very quickly kind of <clears throat> onto that. And, and he answers, like, when he speaks to us, he's different. I think he's really good. And I think that, you know, Tavernier and our relationship with him, relationship with Goldson and stuff like that, if you play for well for Rangers, we will give you all the credit in the world. But as doing what we do and, and our kind of points of view are kind of heightened a wee bit, it doesn't mean that we don't love these guys or don't think they're the right players for Rangers or or haven't been wild at some of the criticism or whatever. That's all great. Nobody's happier yesterday than, than the support when James Tavernier rifles in that. It doesn't mean that when you're down at the pub saying that he's he should be taking out the team, that you don't want him to have these moments or you don't, you know. It's just, it's what we do. We're football fans. We, we comment on what's in front of us. And yeah, we've given the players a lot of stick this season. Up until 10 weeks ago, they bloody well deserved it. And I make no apologies for that. It's what we do. And we still get behind them. And in that moment yesterday for Tav, of course he deserved it. It was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, if you looked around the team and thought, who else would you want to do it? Aside of probably Scott Wright, you know, obviously, I would want James Tavernier to be at that back post. So all credit to him. I loved it. It was a great moment for him. And yes, he thoroughly, thoroughly deserved it. And his ridiculous numbers are just crazy. I don't think we'll probably see it ever again. And the way he carries himself and goes about it, he deserves more trophies, David. If he can go and get more trophies, then there'll be no questions about James Tavernier's legacy. At the moment, people will bring that up. But for me, if he can kick on and and rightly get the trophies he really deserves in these next couple of years under Clement, then I think that, that nobody could argue with that. Every single Rangers player gets criticised at some point. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, I was there in Loudrop, Gascoigne, uh-huh, McCoyst, yeah. Haley, Goff, criticism. Lazy. But what happens is once they have, um, you know, once they finished up, then they, their status is assured and Tav's status is assured. 
Um, yeah. I think Conor Goldson said it yesterday. Uh, people wouldn't realise till he's gone exactly what they had, and that is true. And I, I'm one of them. But as you say, that it was it was wonderful to see him get that moment, and you know, at the end to pick the trophy up uh, and share it with us. So it's done. Um, we've enjoyed it a great deal, and we deserve to enjoy it. And I think that it's an important milestone because when you win a trophy, there is that sense of, right, we've crossed our line, we know we can do this. But I think there's something about the League Cup in that it's the first of the season. So you get that in-season boost. You know, you win the League or the Scottish Cup, it's brilliant, but then the summer comes, players come and go, uh, other clubs' players come and go, everything changes. When you get that, that League Cup victory, it can propel you because it's in-season. And that's why it matters. That's the point of League Cup. People say it's only the League Cup. They miss the point of that. The League Cup is not only a trophy, but it's a launch pad. We've seen it so many times in the past. And the great, the great teams that, that we grew up watching, I would point to, for example, Walter Smith's team, that Ali McCoy's overhead kick against Hibs. That, that team at that moment in time was maybe struggling a wee bit and that really kicked them on. Alex McLeish getting the, the League Cup under the belt and, and even Walter in his last spell winning the League Cup when Jelovic scored post against Post and it, and it rolls in against Celtic, how much that can galvanise a team because they taste it and they then realise what they've got. And David, f- through a quite remarkable situation that I never thought was possible, it's all there for us again. And I never ever thought, and we've we've journeyed together all season, and and I never I thought it was done. And if you had asked me on the way home after that Aberdeen game, I think we both says here we go another season of nonsense, another season of anticlimax, another season of failure. You begin to question everything. You know, everybody can go get rid of them all, and it all goes through your head. You say it out loud, and for some reason, that. Interestingly, we're back in this. And not only interestingly is, if you dare to look over the, the at what's happening across the road and you don't really like to, you want to concentrate on yourself, they're having a meltdown that's that's proportionate to what happened during 55. And if we are... If we and it's are, ridiculous, by the way. Talk about spoiled. Yeah, absolutely it is. But if you look at they've got less points in that season, they have um, everything that's going on, with the actions of the support and 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 the playing performances and the way that they're turning is a mirror image of what went on June 55. And in the last four or five weeks, they've dropped against Hibs away, Motherwell at home, Kilmarnock away beat them, and now Hearts at home beat them. And if you'd asked us six, seven, eight weeks ago if that was possible, again, we would have said no. But we've now got this all in front of us. And what it makes is that Rangers now have three games in this league, where you look at it on paper and say, St. Johnston at home, Motherwell away, Ross County at home, go and get that nine points. Now, these will be ridiculously difficult. We know that St. Johnston and Ross County have had an uplift from new managers. Motherwell away, traditionally we do well there, but Kettlewell is a good manager, and even though they're going through a difficult time, will be a difficult place to go. But if Rangers can go and do that, it changes everything, because they'll be expecting us to do what we've done before, which is give them the impetus back and, and basically not take these opportunities. But they have. Our form in the league, I think, looking at it, I think it's we've won nine out of ten under Clement. 
and it's been a, a fantastic run. If they can nail these next three, going to Parkhead in a situation where they're two points behind, which they would be if they win the three, regardless of what happens with them. If we win those games and go to Parkhead with a game in hand in that situation, if we get beat, it's not the disaster it would have been where we were on our last life weeks ago, and they've given us that. And not only have they given us that, at this moment in time, I would back us to go to Parkhead and get a result the way this team are doing. And that's inconceivable for me, considering the position, unthinkable, given the position that we were in weeks ago. And it's all credit to them, genuinely. And yes, they've thrown it away and had a wee mini meltdown, etc. That's been fantastic to watch. Just keep on their throats now. Todd Cantwell says he can smell blood. Treat every game like a cup final. Go and, mm-hmm. The atmosphere is so good at the moment. Go and get it, David. It's there. Go and really push on. Concentrate on ourselves, game at a time, and see if it's there. And I think it is. And I'm not saying that... I, I still don't think that the issues that we highlighted and maybe the recruitment, you know, in January, I think we need to go and get a couple. None of that's changed for me, which makes this situation even better. I don't think that players are suddenly the answer and stuff like that here. But if we can go and do that and strengthen, then we're in this. We are yeah. in this. And it's and it's <clears throat> almost and if people are saying Stevie, you almost sound surprised. I am surprised because I thought this was gone, David. So Go and get it. It's there right in front of you. Go and push on and kick on and use yesterday to be the springboard for success that this season now almost unthinkably can be. When I uh, think of Philippe Clement, I'm reminded of the uh, great line about uh, by Bismarck when he was speaking about uh, Disraeli. Uh, and he said, uh, England has been a long time in labour, but has finally delivered a man. And I feel that with Philippe Clement. We've been waiting for a leader for a while, and he's here now. And look, there'll be disappointments ahead. There'll be bad performances. I think we as a support need to try and be a wee bit less nuts when a setback comes, because it's not the end of the world. Um, We can regroup and go again, and we're showing that this season. I don't think the opposition's anywhere close to the level they've been for the last two seasons. Um, And I think that... We are realistic that we're not the best Rangers squad any of us have ever seen, but he's fashioned something together and he's taken us in the right direction. And that is all we could have asked. Uh, he has over-delivered in his time with us so far, in my opinion. He has, has completely over-delivered. And I go back to that word we used at the start. It's faith. There is belief back at Ibrox. You can feel it running through your veins. And after a long time, there is nothing worse for a football fan than hope disappearing. Hope is back. Expectation will rise. That's fine. The players will need to deal with that. But their expectations should be rising now after what we watched yesterday. Right then, folks, thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next month. By the way, we were just saying we started this pod um, during the 55 season. We won it. I don't know why we stopped it. It was an inexplicable decision. But um, we brought it back and everything seems to be going well again. So, uh Consider me and Stevie always get the blame, Christ, when we can see the goal, never mind the fucking lose a match, that people say, ah, this is your fault because you don't ask hard questions. Clearly our questions have been terrific then under Philippe Clement, um, so we, we deserve the credit for that. I had a bit kidding. of fun with him yesterday, so yeah, I think he does enjoy the... He does, he's, 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 got, he's got a sense of humour. Um, yeah. If people are are um, under the impression that he doesn't, he does, he likes a laugh and a joke, but at the right time. Yeah. He just doesn't sit and talk shite like certain others. He just won't sit there and talk out his arse. Um, but he'll, he'll have a laugh and a joke when the situation pops up. Um, 
and you know, I think you need that to keep you saying it, Ibrox, to be honest. But uh, no, wonderful, wonderful. Stevie, thank you so much for joining us. And can I just ask you, I'll, I'll set you up for it because you're shite at, at plugging <laughs> your own stuff. Um, wonderful interview with Scotty Arfield on the Four Lads site. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it was actually a lot of fun to do. We done it last week at the Rhino Express, our sponsors, um, business work in, in Paisley last week. And Scott was absolutely brilliant. Um, 45 minutes with him and when he finished David he said it's one of the best interviews he's done and he thoroughly enjoyed it and the best thing about it was I was still recording so I've listened to that little moment from him every night (laughs) but um, no Scott is great it'll be on heart and hand I think towards the end of the week I think we're going to put it up on here as well but if you want to go and listen to it just go and search for four lads bite size podcast on any go go and give Stevie the hat folks well yeah it's the least it's the least they can do if if you if you want to, that would be great. Um, it's on Spotify, Apple, everything. So a wee search, and it's it's forty five minutes. Scotty is brilliant on he on Neil, on Gerard, on Michael Beale. He is great on Seville. Brilliant on fifty five, and we have a wee laugh at it in the end where we ask him about his favourites, his his worst dressed, his kind of favourite goals, and all that kind of stuff. Who's the best in the dressing room? So it was really great. Um, thoroughly enjoyable. He is a great guy. Really, really nice guy. We wish him all the best in Charlotte. And it was one of those ones, David, where it was thoroughly enjoyable. I really privileged to do it because I was just gazing into his eyes as he told us the story because as a Rangers fan, that's all you want to hear. So loved it. Yes, if people want to go and check it out, Four Lads Bite Size Podcast and any of your pod providers, you still get the usual blogs and things to read as well as we look forward to another huge week. It's funny, David, every game is huge. And it's got that (laughs) feeling now when you go, isn't it like because before yeah, yeah. seven eight points behind like a proper Ranger season? Yeah, as St Johnson at home on a Wednesday night for Christmas, Levine be like, will be yeah. looking forward to that. Won't be yeah. easy. So we we will be really big game. It's got those butterflies back. So follow the coverage on on here as well as on Heart and Hand CJ's site as well. Fan media, we are trying to deliver what we can for you, and um, we'll try and keep it measured. But we can't promise. First pass was misplaced on Wednesday night. Yeah, I'm getting up and throwing something. (laughs) Right, folks, thank you so much for joining us here today. (laughs) A wee shout out to uh, our podder, Martin Ramsey. Him and his wife welcomed their first child this weekend. So uh, as he put it himself, he's in worse weekends. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.